Hail Dictinus, grant us clear voices, strong sound, and good reads. Books are a uniquely portable magic. Welcome to Magic in Media, the 234th episode of Three Pagans and a Cat. Our opening today is courtesy of Stephen King. Our opening and closing music is credited as Frostwaltz Alternate by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com and licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0. You may call me Ode. Mary Meet, my name is Gwyn, Ode's mother. I'm Jackson, Ode's brother, and I'm unsurprised that that's a Stephen King quote. Uh-huh. It sounds like him, doesn't it? It's actually from On Writing. Okay. Okay, yeah. That's the, the, the classic Stephen King author text. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> okay, so we're going to be talking about magic and witchcraft and paganism in various forms of media today, yes. which I think will be a fun topic, but we have to start, as always, with housekeeping. Mm-hmm. In housekeeping... We are, first, I want to make an announcement for our Jaguar, mm-hmm. Justin, and his beloved fiance Aaron. Yes, his betrothed. His betrothed. They are going to be getting hand fasted on July 22nd, 2023. And they gave me the honor of mm-hmm. both announcing that and officiating at their hand fasting. Mm-hmm. And this is something that we talked about several years ago. Yeah, and then the pandemic happened. In, in, and in progress. So I'm, I'm really excited for both of them. And I'm really looking forward to being part of their special day. Mm-hmm. I believe you're coming with yep. me. Yep, yep. I will be in attendance. Mm -hmm. So I have a housekeeping note I need to make, which is that uh, Chaboy managed to fuck up my hands. Mm. So um, editing for the next little who knows how long is going to be really minimal. Um, Light on the edits. Yeah. I'll probably still do major content edits. And I'll probably still cut out, like, long pauses. But for the next who knows how long, I'm probably going to leave in, like, most of the ums Mm -hmm. and the, like, thinking words, like the yeah and and blah, blah, blahs. Mm -hmm. Um, Just because I have to minimize the amount that I'm using my hands Mm -hmm. so that they can recover. Yeah. So just be understanding and patient for the next little while. Yes. Please. Then we are house kept and... Okay, so magic and witchcraft and paganism in media. Yay! We've Um, been talking about doing this topic for a little bit. Yeah. Um, It was originally scheduled for earlier, and then we decided we wanted a little more time to prepare Mm -hmm. and to think about it, and so we put it off a little bit. But Get all the thoughts together. Yeah, Mm -hmm. but we're here. books. Mm -hmm. Yes, Jackson had a a book he wanted to read. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. There's a a really good book that I can never remember the full title of because it's complicated, but it goes over the history of the representation of witchcraft in media. Title is Lights, Camera, Witch. Isn't that uh, probably? Yeah, so I don't have like a format for this episode. We're just gonna we're just gonna chit chat. Well, <laughs> I think we can say that witch witches and witchcraft have been res- represented in media for ever like, decades yeah, for a long, yeah. long, long, for a long time. time for longer than we've had like a lot of forms of media like from from Greek plays onwards i'm thinking more modern (laughs) yeah modern interpretation but i mean like you want to go to like the classics like i mean circe is a is a witch in in ye old ancient greek theater or um i can never remember what play this is in but the one of the shakespeare's where you get that like trio of witches around double double toil and trouble yeah Yeah, that's macbeth that would be macbeth Double, double, toil and trouble, fire burn and cauldron bubble. Mm-hmm. It's a great scene. Rhiannon is asking if we already did this topic. I don't know, Rhiannon. I don't think so. If we did, oh well. <laughs> it's too late now. So probably the first thing to mention is our quintessential magic movie, Practical Magic. Oh, yes. Absolutely. I loved that movie from the moment I clapped eyes on it. (laughs) And it really encouraged me as far as the relationship that can be and the bond Mm -hmm. that people who are of a magical sort of mindset can feel towards one another when you come together and do some really cool magic. Uh, mom and I, mom actually watched Practical Magic not too long ago, and I, by fate, because I am doomed to see this scene constantly, mm-hmm. happened to come out just at the time when they're clapping when hands they're all, together, when they're all grasping hands yep. and doing the the final spell to mm-hmm. to exercise the evil boyfriend and break the curse. <laughs> and I consistently <laughs> cry during and that scene. Bring about the the sisterhood, uh-huh. the covenness. 
together with all these, you know, previous haters. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> no, and and like. Doesn't matter that I hadn't watched anything from the movie that entire time. I like I came outside, that scene was happening, I started crying. <laughs> I have watched that movie consistently over and over, not only in the theater, but when I bought it on DVD and you... now have it on download and every single damn time <laughs> that scene makes me cry mm-hmm. consistently. Yeah, so practical magic has been big in our family for a long it time. Yeah. It has, it has. And uh, but before that, uh, what I was going to bring up, like from the 60s, you know, you had uh, movies, well, probably 50s, you know, movies like I Married a Witch or Bewitched with mm-hmm. Samantha, the most famous TV witch there was yep. practically at the time with her mother and Dora. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so we've had representation, not just in literature, but in movies and uh, television shows and it's varied over the years sometimes it's positive sometimes right. it's not a witch is just a very compelling character i think yeah well and it really opens up what you can do the interesting thing i think about practical magic is that's one of the closest to like uh this is what wiccans do with a little bit of extra flair mm-hmm. instead of having the like really fictionalized stuff. Yeah, the mm-hmm. the really um, effects heavy uh-huh. magic system. Practical magic feels very grounded. Mm-hmm. It does feel very grounded, and it's the kind of thing where you know people want to recreate the apothecary that mm-hmm. you know they had and right. the sisters had in their kitchen or the the greenhouse or the garden. Mm-hmm. Actually, part of what got me interested in herbalism was when I was watching the one of the scenes in the shop that she has, and I was like, wait a second, you can eat that shaving cream that she makes? <laughs> <laughs> that seems interesting. Yep, I think uh, a lot of people feel that way. Mm-hmm. Also, it just it seems like it would be fun. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For a lot of people, Practical Magic was a introductory, like, hey, maybe this isn't, you know... Maybe it's not scary. Not so scary. Maybe it's a thing I could be involved in. I could wear long skirts and, and grow <laughs> herbs and be cool. Uh-huh. But before that, or maybe, no, probably not before that, but the next big movie that really influenced people was The Craft. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. The Craft is an interesting one because you sort of get both sides with The Craft. Mm-hmm. You do. You do. Because you have the, the the witch in the store mm-hmm. that the, the girls go the to. Very crunchy witch. The crunchy witch, yep. With, um, you know, she's got the crystals and the herbs mm-hmm. and she looks kind of boho and, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. But then you've got the girls who are into. Right. The teenagers. The teenagers who are very goth. Extremely. Extremely goth. So I think that And also... then their goth sort of escalates yeah. as they become uh, evil. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that was a very kind interesting... Of... So the visual distinctions between uh-huh. between uh, the good witch and the bad witch are always kind of funny to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The more... Well, the, well, in just media in general, the more black you wear, the more evil you are. Yeah. Well, and if you have a fancy mustache, you're fucked. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's true. But I think that goes back to ye olden times where, you know, you have your distinction between quote-unquote good magic and evil magic, good right. white magic and black magic. Right. Um, the crunchy witches who were into the natural magic. Right. That was okay. <laughs> so, uh, honestly, probably... There are two films that I watched before Practical Magic that were like my introduction to that sort of uh, idealized, fictionalized magic. And there were two. Hocus Pocus. Oh, God, yes. And the Halloween Town series. Yes. Like, Halloween Town has a surprisingly good representation of magic. It also has, like, mythical creatures and monsters. Please but... remind me what Halloween Town is. Uh, That's almost a crime. So, <laughs> <laughs> Halloween Town is literally like... Um, all the zombies and ghouls and whatever live in, in a town where magic is like more real. And if you live out in the like muggle world, you can't tell anybody about it. You have to go there via like bus or something. I have no memory of this. I was of an age where it was much more my speed. Was I it think like a were... Disney Channel yes. thing? Yeah. Oh, okay. I completely movie. missed it. Yeah. Then. So I, you were two years older than me. Yep. Yeah. Had yep. already aged out of watching those like fun Disney flicks. <laughs> no, I watched yeah. it with you, and I loved Halloween Town. I still love Halloween Town. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I, I missed that one completely. The grandmother character is a surprisingly good interpretation of like uh, uh, a green witch. Mm. Yeah, and kind of a fairy tale witch. Yeah, that with some modern twist to it. Mm-hmm. I think that's what the fun part is about Halloween Town is that yes, it's cartoon. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's make believe and in fantasy. 
but yet there's a believability to yeah. how it's portrayed. And I think that some of that goes down to Debbie Reynolds, who portrays the grandmother. I've noticed this. There's sort of a range in um, magical media, mm-hmm. witchy media, where, like, on the one hand, you've got Charmed, where it's all completely, like, this is CGI magic. Right. right. And on the other hand, you've got Practical Magic, where... Like, you can tell someone did the some work research. at some point. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like spoke to someone about, like, hey, how do y'all do magic? They actually like, in had, the physical world. Yeah, they actually had a uh, person on yeah, set. Yeah, like a consultant was for a practical consultant. magic. But there are, yeah. but, and, and I don't know if that's the case for all of the... No, um, probably not. ...the productions where they managed to get it right. But, um, and I think it's not. Especially, I think, as um, resources for like actual real world witches have gotten more accessible, mm-hmm. it has become less necessary to have mm-hmm. like a practicing witch consulting on your production because mm-hmm. you can just go get a book. Yeah. 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 Though then you do fall into the pitfall of doing something a little bit off to the side because you got a weird reference. Sure. But, but I think mm-hmm. at the same time, like that becomes just like, this is part of the... That world. The, of, exactly. Because... Like, they're never going to do it 100%, but you can tell when they've done enough research to make it feel grounded and, like, it makes sense. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, There's a magic system in that series of books that we had, The Silver Hand. Oh, Um, yes, yes. That that is surprisingly great. Yeah. That, no, I can't get it in my brain. Stephen Lawhead. Thank you, Stephen Lawhead. He's actually a Christian author. Yes, he is, and he got kicked out of some some, uh uh, bookstores, some Christian bookstores because of those books. But the the whole trilogy is pretty great, and it's the like song about really, yeah. yeah, and it's really grounded in like Celtic folklore. Yeah, mm-hmm. like like Celtic mythology is the story basically. Uh-huh. Yes, and it is very Christian. I mean, you know, sure, yeah, when you can you look, see the influence when you look underneath it. But well, he was a scholar who mm-hmm. studied. Uh, Celtic lore, yep. and so he it, it feels like it's... It feels authentic. Authentic, yeah. It does. Um, and the, the Christian influences are more, like, story-based. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah. Yes. Yes, where it's sort of behind the curtain. Uh-huh. Yep. If you know what you're doing, you can see that and go, like, oh, obviously, save your character, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you just are reading it for pleasure, you might not even notice, because mm-hmm. it's a very common way to tell a story. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. And there's druids and there's magic and there's and monsters. These, these things and are demons. not framed as evil. No. No. They're just part of life. Yeah, they're just part and of the world. Exactly. And it's basically a parallel world to Earth. Yeah. So it's really No, I actually really like strongly recommend The Song of Albion by yes. Stephen Lawhead. Yes. It's a great series of books. Yes, it was written in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Um and it I think personally and it, I mean yeah, granted it's been a minute since I've read it. It's been a but, minute, but I've read it multiple times mm-hmm. over the years. I'll I'll get a you know, a, a wild hankering. hair and I'll I'll read those books again. And they're just very good storytelling. Yeah. And then on the other end of it where you have the really dramatized stuff like Harry Potter or um The Magicians Mm. Yes. Really oh God. Yeah. Excellent television show. Mm-hmm. Very dark. Yes. And very like CGI magic, but in a way that still feels fairly well grounded. Like, yeah. It's, it still feels structural. So it's uh, a CGI magic that is like this is what would happen if real world magic was more flashy. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. 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 Like, I, well, and who can talk about you know witches and witchcraft and media without bringing up Buffy the Vampire Slayer oh, yeah. and yep. Willow, yep. which I, it, it's kind of yeah, weird. I have, a, I have mixed feelings about that. I have mixed that. feelings because first they started out with her, you know, wanting to explore witchcraft mm-hmm. and it was, it seemed very healthy. She, you and, know. And they had had some prior experiences with like Amy, exactly. whose mother was a witch. Exactly. A, a bad witch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, and she started practicing and becoming powerful. And then she met Tara and, Mm -hmm. you know, they together were very powerful. And then they took her down this weird witchcraft and magic is a, is an addiction. Yeah. An addiction Mm -hmm. metaphor. Metaphor. And I, that's where I didn't like it. I, I get why you don't like it. I also get why they did it because in that show, Vampirism is also that mm-hmm. sort of like addiction mindset metaphor. So I see why they leaned into it. To be fair, vampirism is an addiction yes, metaphor. The majority like of vampire media. <laughs> yeah. um, challenging because it's also a physical requirement for their existence. Yeah. 
it's this weird intermediary. But yeah. I see that's I, I see the reason why as mm. the show went on they went down that path because mm. it's like the framework they were using for everybody. Right. Luke Guru says, and I feel they conflated witchcraft and Wicca in Buffy a ton. Mm-hmm. So something interesting that I that I noticed the last time I went through Buffy is we actually see an like legit Wiccan group. Yeah. At Willow's school. Yep. Um, and she rejects them because they don't know, quote, real witchcraft. They want to yep. be a bunch of blessed... Uh, a Wanna blessed, blessed bees. bees. Yeah, it. is the exact phrase. Yeah. Um, so, like, there's a disparagement of real-world Wiccans yeah. in that very story, which is one of those things that I don't love. So exactly. I think part of the reason why that happened is there's this misconception, I think, uh, in modern media that current-day Wiccans are the hippies of the new generation. I see a lot of, especially um, atheists, the sort of the atheist community, assuming that witches think we can do Harry Potter shit. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I have gotten assumptions that I have gotten that we... very sarcastic yeah. comment uh-huh. more than one time. I'm like, no, obviously like, not. Like, no, I am plugged into reality, buddy. <laughs> yep. Yep. Now, I do want to say... But it, it brings this disdain to the conversation, It I does. Think. And I do want to say that Back in the day when Wicca was first starting, and I, I the reason I bring this up is because I heard Jason Mankey speak mm-hmm. about this recently, is that back in the day, Wicca and witchcraft were synonymous. They used those words interchangeably. Yes, that was Gerald Gardner's fault. Back in the day. However, now mm-hmm. that is very different. You have delineations between witches mm-hmm. and Wiccans and well, you know, that they... is because witchcraft is something that's been happening for hundreds, if not thousands of years, mm-hmm. and Wicca was made in the 80s. Yeah, exactly. Wicca is fresh. <laughs> but I think that's also part of it a little bit in Buffy, is that um, they were still dealing with this kind of... A little bit. And... I, th- I think it was also just that this disparagement, uh, yeah. this sort of disdain for... Wiccans. For Wiccans and... and people who identified in reality as witches and mm-hmm. a desire for them to, like, not feel seen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is, it's too bad, actually. Because mm-hmm. I think they had a really good opportunity. This might be why they framed it this way. If you'll recall, after she goes on her, like, dark side The jaunt, rampage. Which, let's she goes it, off to Dark Willow is pretty, pretty... It was, it was very cool. <laughs> pretty it was very fun. cool. She goes off to England somewhere. Yeah, to, yeah. like, a retreat. And, to a coven. And yes. Yeah that very like grounded earth witchy kind of deal and mm-hmm. then she's sitting in the same place that the wiccans she poo-pooed against mm-hmm. in the past were so i'm i get you that is a lot of it's that kind of disdain to it but i think they were also using that group as a foil for willow's arc i don't think they had planned the arc that mm-hmm. far Probably To be not. perfectly honest. I think it works that way conveniently, but I don't think it was intentional. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> and I and I do think that we Today, we do have to kind of watch, uh, I think, our how we frame Wiccans and witches and not disparage one over the other, you know, witches mm-hmm. cutting down on Wiccans and Wiccans cutting down on witches and, you know, the, the threefold law argument uh-huh. and all these things. I think we need to remember that we're all part of the magic community. Yeah, but I also don't think Buffy was involved in that at all. I think oh, no. Buffy just thought, like, Wiccans is what real witches call themselves, so we're going to diss that community. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's fair. That's <laughs> and, fair. and build our fantasy witch. I think yeah. that was the whole conversation that was happening there. That could be, anyway, yeah. We should probably move on to yes, another on yes. from Buffy. Yep. Uh, how about we talk about Hocus Pocus? Oh, I love Hocus Pocus, because there's another fantasy witch, uh-huh. sister's of, you know, family witches, and uh, they they are just... Satan-worshipping witches. Satan-worshipping <laughs> witches. Now, talk about... Very stereo- unapologetic. Very unapologetic and very, very stereotyped, mm-hmm. but it's to the to the campy point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where you to can the point just, where it's just fun. It's just fun. And I love the Sanderson sisters. Mm-hmm. I love Hocus Pocus. Not as big a fan of the newer movies that they're making, but that's okay. The, the OG Hocus Pocus is fun. It is our annual Halloween watch. It is. Yes. It absolutely is. Also, the new one's not bad. It was, uh, I think it was an interesting look into the exploration of teenagers that is pretty common if you're Mm. interested in witchcraft at all, of that sort of create your own tiny little coven and go from there. Mm -hmm. It just sort of fell apart at the end because she had, in that universe, magic was like an inherited trait. Right, right. Dwyer says, the weird sisters meets the three stooges, but it works. (laughs) 
yeah. is very correct. Very correct. That <laughs> that's, is, a, that's an excellent read on I, the Sanderson sisters. I think that's the best I've ever seen. That is exactly what they are. Mm-hmm. And it makes them hilarious. Yeah, it they're really very does. fun. They're very, very fun. It, I think we... We maybe could talk about Charmed. Oh, yeah. Charmed was a big one for a long time. So Charmed was an interesting one because for a long time, I thought that all spells were, like, required to rhyme. (laughs) (laughs) They they did bring out the rhyming. To be fair, they also had um, an advisor, and I think that advisor, that consultant brought the rhyming thing in. <laughs> um, yeah, Charm is one where you can you can kind of see that they, like clearly they did some of the work, mm-hmm. but they took it so far in the fantasy mm-hmm. direction that you lose most of the work. Uh-huh. Yeah. In the first season, you can see it a lot more. Yes. Um, and yeah. then as things progress and they get more and more like... Uh, the... the what, what they get they? very... Uh, it's the... I forget what they're called, Those but it's an- basically heaven and hell. Yeah, it's basically yeah. The white and lighters hell. and the dark lighters. Yeah. Yes, and, thank you. And it, yeah, it becomes very uh, dualistic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly, Supernatural has a pretty good representation of witchcraft when it addresses it. <laughs> Which is surprisingly rarely. Well, it, it is surprisingly rarely, but what I love about that show in general is that they do so much research for all of their creatures and bits of folklore. And, and, and then they get it wrong. And they, Yeah, but, yes. but you can tell that they've done the work is then they I'm deliberately be, decided I'm, to change it. I'm going to be honest. Some of the early supernatural, like, creature mumbo-jumbo mm-hmm. sounds like they had ChatGPT write it, <laughs> except it was way too early for ChatGPT. But it sounds like that. Yeah. It sounds like we took a bunch of folklore terms and threw them in a blender, and this is what it got spat out. <laughs> now, I would I do want to point out that every single witch that's ever portrayed in Supernatural, most of them are portrayed as evil. Yes. Well, yeah, that that makes sense, because in that world, supernatural things are evil. All are they, supernatural things, yeah. yeah. Doesn't matter. But Jackson is right. Everyone's evil in Supernatural. Yeah, they take, a, they take a very black and white... God is evil in Supernatural. <laughs> yeah. Which I honestly fucking loved that final bit. Um, I wanted to talk about Sabrina. Oh, And yes. the two Sabrinas, yes, right? I was going to say, Sabrinas. which one? The, the classic... Sabrina the Teenage Witch yep. versus the modern Sabrina. Okay, the thing I'll say about the classic Sabrina is that um, really gave me a weird opinion on what the concept of familiar is. Yes. Mm-hmm. I thought they were supposed to, like, talk to... I was a child. I uh-huh. thought they were supposed to actually, like, talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, we did watch some of Sabrina the Teenage Witch when the, I was a kid, I think. Yeah, the original. Yeah. The kind of uh, Disney. Yes. The, the blonde, the yeah. OG... Classic, yeah. style. Yeah. classic style, yes. I watched so much of that show. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Melissa Joan Hart's Sabrina. Sure. Um, I don't know the names of any actors. <laughs> <laughs> but um, she was fun, and they, mm-hmm. you know, they had crazy hijinks that happened that yeah, she... Yeah, and I think what was... What her was, spells would go wrong. Yeah, I think what was fun about Sabrina the Teenage Witch, the, the classic version... Was that, like, the witchcraft was mostly just a vehicle for things to be silly? It yeah. was bewitched for teenagers. Yeah, pretty yeah, much. It pretty was. Much. It was. And I, I, the thing I liked, going back to bewitched, is that even though it was, you know, witches were born witches, they right. were a different they were kind like, of species. And they were secret. Yes, they were a secret species of from humans. Um, it was all very... You know, mundane, almost. Mm-hmm. Like they used it for everyday stuff. Yeah, for normal mm-hmm. shit. Normal shit. Clean like, the house. <laughs> yeah, do the exactly. dishes. And I kind of feel like that was the similar vibe, at least for Sabrina's aunts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, um, Sabrina would herself would get up to more dramatic hijinks because she was, like, 16. <laughs> yeah, 15, 16, something like that. Though I believe that the current Sabrina show is based more off of the comic? Well, I don't know about that. Um, But I do know I really enjoyed what I did watch of the new Sabrina. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very different tone, much darker. Um, I think there was a variant comic yeah. that was it, like it's... Dark Sabrina. But that one was really interesting because, I, and, and I did I did not watch all of it. And my understanding mm-hmm. is the quality goes down. Yes, as Dwyer the, says, you watch it. the second Sabrina it lost its way halfway through and began substituting ripped men who don't own shirts for plot lines. <laughs> that is so fucking true! That's very on brand. Um, like I said, I didn't. I don't think I even finished the first season. I watched like the first half of the first season. Mm. But what I really enjoyed about it was like 
at least the parts that I watched, it seemed to be taking a Satanism is good, actually, perspective. (laughs) And I was very into that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it was interesting. Oh, actually, another show that has a surprisingly robust magic system that is weirdly grounded for being so so, uh, supernatural is Teen Wolf. The TV yes, show. Yes, that is very true. Yeah, that's that's another one where, like, every now and again a druid will show up and do some very druidy shit. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh, that seems on brand yeah, <laughs> for an actual druid vibe. They seem to do an interesting mix of, like, Native American folklore, druidry, mm-hmm. folklore mm-hmm. in general. And they sort of, they, they've done their research, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're right. It is much more grounded yeah. in it's, what you might see in a real life druid or or witch Mm -hmm. um, with the types of components they'd use to create a spell, things like that. It's dramatized, obviously. Yeah, and then they just tack the CGI on top to make it look fancier. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. But, but yeah, there is a little more, uh, even though it's fantasy and even though it's... And people uh, turn into wolves. And, and people <laughs> turn into wolves and they're super, it's all supernatural shit. Um, it does have a, a thread of reality mm-hmm. to it, which makes Magical it more, realism. Yes. yes thank yep. you. It has that magical realism that gives it credibility. Yeah. Credibility is a good word for it. It gives it credibility and is incredibly enjoyable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It has. A, it just has a very authentic feeling. Yeah. So I think that I personally prefer shows that lean into the magical realism where they're like, yes, this is dramatized, but the roots are based in folklore and truth and yeah. fact. Like, like real shit that people do and believe. I think anytime a show can invest a little bit mm-hmm. of that magical realism, mm-hmm. bring it to reality, you've got, you know... It just feels it better. It feels better. Yeah. yeah. It feels better. Although I think that can be what sometimes you, when you've got new people coming into the craft, mm-hmm. especially teenagers, they're like, when can I start doing the shit I'm seeing yeah. The thing is, though, that they come with those conceptions no matter what source they're getting it from, That's right? Yeah. Like, because it's so saturated in media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had that conception 10 years ago. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because I was watching Charmed and Sabrina. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. went, wait, is this what it's supposed to be like? <laughs> and, and let's face it, what witch or magical practitioner wouldn't like for that shit to kind of happen? Right. It would be convenient. <laughs> it would certainly. be convenient and fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not as worried even about like, oh, how will young witches perceive this and what drama will they bring into the community? Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just more interested in like shit when it's in the fiction and Mm -hmm. it feels good, it is more empowering to me or like, it feels like it speaks to bigger truths to me. Mm -hmm. Like even you get into like shit like Discworld, like Mm -hmm. Discworld witches are fascinating. Like Mm -hmm. Discworld is a complete fantasy pastiche. Mm -hmm. It's a hundred percent like... Elves and goblins, and actually elves are from a parasitic reality, but dragons and goblins yep. and, and you know, dwarves and, and witches and, and narrative causality is its own magical force in the world. And, you know, the gods exist because you believe in them and mm-hmm. because people believe lemmings run off cliffs, they actually run off cliffs in Discworld. Mm-hmm. Like, but the witches in Discworld, like... Nanny Og and like there are a few actually significant witches in Discworld because Terry has approached them as beings who exist in a magical reality and who have magical power like he he frames them as people who have like serious responsibilities Mm -hmm. um, and their perspectives feel very authentic for the way I want real witches to behave, mm-hmm, right? Like, mm-hmm. as people who have power and take responsibility for that power. Yeah, I think that because witchcraft is becoming more common, more well-known, mm-hmm. more popular, you can have more worlds that take the base of, like, actual magic and build off from there. Like, um, honestly, the magical system in Dune is fascinating, Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm i not even sure I would call Dune's reality magical. It leads but there's, sort of that yeah, way. Yeah, there's like a mm-hmm. weird intersect. It's spiritual. It's yes. spiritual. There's um, more I, of a yeah. spiritual component. I don't know if I would call it magical, but there's definitely a spirituality in Dune that is fascinating to explore mm-hmm. um, with the Fremen and the Spice mm-hmm. and, yeah, that sort of, like... The Bene Gesserit. Yeah, and the sort of group consciousness and the way fate and reality are intertwined and to some extent extensible accessible it's very interesting and like it's framed in this sort of 
pop science way. Yeah. But there is definitely a spiritual thread to it. Well, it sort of honestly reminds me of the Percy Jackson series that mm. takes Greek mythology and like the worship of the gods and then goes, well, remember all those stories about demigods? Let's bring that into the modern day. <laughs> yes. What would a modern demigod look like, be like, interact How, with exactly. the world? Exactly. How would this be organized? How would this be organized? Yeah. I like, I, I am less familiar with the later uh installments of the series but mm-hmm. i've read the first i think three books yeah and have seen the first two movies and it's just a, it's a really fascinating take on the greek magical world yeah mm-hmm. and oh god what's i forget the name of the author of the of the percy jackson series he's he's tackled some other pantheons as mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. um but he's always like been very upfront about he wants these characters, um, the gods uh, and and their children, mm-hmm. to be like handled authentically and like with care. Rick Riordan says, ah, "Ran and Gray, thank you." He's also great for queer representation, yeah. just yeah, by the way. Yeah, very um, much so. He's he's just a, a great author. Thanks to our Tiger Solanox for introducing us to Weavers of the Web, an interfaith pagan ATC, Aquarian Tabernacle Church organization based in Lansing, Michigan. Weavers of the Web is a public Wiccan church that aims to be family friendly, supportive, and informative with the goal of ensuring that no one ever need be alone in their spiritual needs. Weavers is currently raising funds for the down payment on a property, which would allow them to expand their current network of resources, including dedicated community space, a permanent home for a Pagans in Need pantry, and a lending library. Join them online or in person for regular events, including rituals and discussion groups at weaversoftheweb.org or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash weaversatc. What about the the one that was written by Neil Gaiman? It's American Gods. American Gods. It's just the one book, actually. American Gods is really quite good. Yeah, it's interesting. I liked the way he sort of uh, explored the development of new gods in the sort of the modern Mm -hmm. day. Mm Mm-hmm. I did not watch the TV show. Heard it's good. I've seen like one or two episodes and it's excellent. I have to, it's just one of those that I lost track of. Yeah. Mm, I got some recommendations to watch it as well. You see this a lot in the YA space, but um, another one that I thought was interesting was Artemis Fowl. Oh, I was yeah. obsessed with those books growing up. I did love that. There was a lot of magical realism mm-hmm. in that, in those series. Yeah. In that, that series of books. That series was sort of focused on the, the Fae as mm. a sort of physically real and accessible community. Uh, and so that was really interesting. That, like not everything obviously is is uh what we're gonna call accurate yeah folklorically accurate no, um probably not it's certainly the, it is dramatized but there there felt like there was a thread of authenticity there mm-hmm. yeah dwyer says i keep meaning to finish the wheel of time series but damn it takes a separate spreadsheet to keep track of everyone by the time you get to the sixth book yeah I read Wheel of Time as a teenager. Holy shit, you're not wrong. <laughs> There's so much going on in Wheel of Time. Wheel of Time is one of the series that I, again, find interesting because it takes that sort of magic as a genetic trait. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is always a fun world to play in, like Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not as fun, I don't think, when no. it's when it's like you're born with or without this yeah. innate ability. I think it's more fun when it is a skill you can cultivate. I think so too. I think it's, I prefer that it's a storyline that anybody has that ability to learn. That's yeah. because our favorite genre is power fantasies. That's true. <laughs> Between the three of us. I Sort of, but I also think there's a, there's an elitism yeah. in a, you have to be born with this. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we get that in, in the pagan and witchcraft world. You get yeah, I, you will definitely notice like there are some people who sort of um, put place a higher value on mm-hmm. people who come from families where they learned witchcraft, like at Granny's and Yep. Or whatever. Yep. Exactly. And I think that's why when it's represented in media, whether it's books or television shows or movies, that it's a skill that can be learned. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's valuable to to let people know that, hey, this is something that's accessible to anyone. Yeah. You don't have to be special to, to learn this. Exactly. Yeah. And Honest- that's real. Mm-hmm. It's based in the real world. Yep. I honestly... Think. One, I do like how much more uh, witchcraft and magic is being shown in media. Because, um, one, it's popular and fun. Mm-hmm. But, two, there's just enough pieces of real information in there for audiences like us to be interested, but also the everyday person who mm-hmm. just picks things up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's become sort of part of 
the cultural diaspora is just in the mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, another one that's interesting maybe is the Dresden Files. Yes. yes. I do love the Dresden Files. I love the Dresden. I love the Dresden Files so much. Oh my God. I've seen Tell the movie. Tell us about the Dresden <laughs> Files, Jackson. So, yeah, I've only, I've only listened to the first couple of books. So. Yeah. Well, it's very much this interesting, like, it's a weird mix of, like, a, a gritty detective novel and Constantine. Like, <laughs> yeah, it does have Constantine energy, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, but the interesting thing that I just enjoy about The Dresden Files is that in this world, it does not uh, mesh well with technology. So the reason why... Harry Dresden drives like an Oldsmobile is because if he got in something with a four-wheel drive and automatic brakes, it would blow up. It would just stop working. Right. He has to have right. like an old rotary phone. That's right, because he like <laughs> destroys cell phones. Is it because he's innately magical? Is that what it is? Or I he's just he's, tapped into so I much power. I think he's power. got some kind of magic curse. No, so he, I believe, got into, he's a, I think he's, I think he's termed as a warlock. Yes, in the, he is. In the thing. So, um... That's something that he learned. It's not innate, but also he did some bad shit when he was young, and now he's pretty screwed, but very powerful because of it. Yeah, but he can't turn it off, so he just breaks shit. But another one that that reminds me of. I was just going to say. The Rivers of London. Yes. The Rivers of London series is another um, magical realism, urban fantasy. Mm -hmm. It's set in London, shocker. Um, And it is, you you learn magic Mm -hmm. by learning these... They're called forma mm-hmm. um, that are like shapes you create in your mind that um, make magic happen. Um, but anytime you use one, basically it sucks energy from if, well, traditionally from you, from mm-hmm. your brain. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it eventually kills most magicians who practice it. Depending especially how far they're willing uh-huh. to go. And how spell and, and how cast. skilled they are and how, how well they know how to mitigate how much power they're drawing. Mm-hmm. But the protagonist of the Rivers of London, Peter... Our, our main character, figures out that it can also pull power from, like, technology. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it bricks his phone every time he uses it, but it damages his brain a little bit less. Exactly. And he's being tutored. Basically, he's a he's a police officer. Yes. He's a, uh, and he has been recruited mm-hmm. by a... Nightingale, who's a... Uh, an antique wizard who's aging in reverse for reasons no one is clear on. <laughs> and he is essentially the magical cop. He is the he is, detective yes. that is brought into any weird case. He's he's the only surviving magician from World War II, basically, oh, in all of Britain. And But the, there's also, to do with the magical realism, there mm-hmm. are deities that you run into with the river. Yeah. And, um, yes. the And that... It's called the Rivers of London yep. because the deities of the rivers are major characters in the book. Um, and they interact with people. Yes, and there are some fascinating, like, questions about how they're incarnated. Like, Mama Thames mm-hmm. um, has a whole... And Old Father Thames have a huge, like, a, a, like a Cold War going mm-hmm. on over control of various... P- access points uh, along the Thames because Old Father Thames was the OG river spirit but mm-hmm. he abandoned London when the Thames was overflowing with pollution and the river Tyburn basically was so polluted that it killed the deity of its river mm-hmm. um, who was his son and so he left London. Mama Thames was a nurse who committed suicide in the River Thames mm-hmm. and was reincarnated essentially as the new spirit of the London Thames. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, and then all of the tributary rivers become her daughters. Yep. So like fascinating world building of like local spirits, genius loci. Mm-hmm. Um, Lots of genius loci. There are other kinds of like spirits and little um, magical creatures in mm-hmm. the world. Um, who have various relationships with humanity um, and with with magicians mm-hmm. who they consider like a different sort of cast of human. So it's like, um, basically, it's like modern day pagans and witches yes. dealing with the fae or with yeah. elemental spirits. The relationships spirits. are like, and, and like the negotiations that, yep. that the magic cops have to do with the river spirits are fascinating and very on brand for like, this feels like how paganism works. Yeah, mm-hmm. actually, um, on that vein, going back to the Dresden Files, mm-hmm. the thing that I like about Harry Dresden and all his shit is, one, he's essentially like uh, a magic warlock 
who helps the cops solve magical mm-hmm. crimes that they mm-hmm. can't solve. But right. he, in the process of this, has a lot of interactions with magical creatures like the mm-hmm. Fae and all these things. Um, and they're dealt with in a, they're just another character. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the very first book, I believe, he has to make a deal with a, a very flighty Fae. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it's that really interesting representation of this creature is not, bad mm-hmm. it's just working on such a different like set of priorities yeah sort mm-hmm. of blue and orange morality that you really have to uh make a, a bulletproof deal to get what you want <laughs> and i think that's similar in the rivers of london if mm-hmm. you have to be careful what you are There's, willing to do and how you're willing to bargain there are rules about whose food you can eat yep Exactly. Uh, on the opposite end of that, you have Constantine, who sold his whole soul to so many people that he's basically put his soul in like legal, legal purgatory. Yeah. You know, like, his, yeah. his soul goes too many directions. <laughs> but it's fun because obviously the authors of both the Rivers of, Lo- of London and mm-hmm. the Dresden Files has done the research to mm-hmm. you know how these spirits work mm-hmm. and and the lore behind them and the yeah. the concept of making a deal yeah. and and things like that. It's really fascinating. I think what you need to keep in mind going into these kinds of things is you're dealing with magic in a fictional world. Right, right. So it's going to have some of that real magical realism. Right, it's it's been dramatized. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it'll be kernels of truth and they build off of that from there. But because of the way the world has gone and people have more information, you're getting more and more of that stuff that feels so authentic. Mm -hmm. And that makes it enjoyable. Yeah, I I think Rivers of London I think is my favorite I've not magical read it. realism I didn't series. Even, I haven't heard about I it. Love I it. I read it first and mm. then was obsessed with it and I sent mom one of the books as a gift for Christmas <laughs> for school. I think I I might be a couple of books behind now, but uh-huh. I read like or, or listened to rather like 10 of them I think or mm. however many were out at the time. Yeah. You know. um, as, as an aside, the narrator who does the audiobooks for The Rivers of London, spectacular. Oh, yes. Yes. Highly, highly recommend. But yeah, that, that's what I think I enjoy so much about it is because, you know, yes, like all the cop characters who are not part of the magical right. you know, squad, you know, they look down right. on... They- they, they, the weird stuff. They do not want to be involved. No, and they, they, they kind of, you know, they're always kind of, oh, this is one of your cases uh-huh. kind of thing. And I think you get that a lot in some of these uh, different types of media, whether mm-hmm. it's a movie, a book, or whatever. You've got people who are involved in the in the magical world right. and the magical realms, and then you intersect with those who are with, outside of with that. With some realists with who some wish realists. this wasn't happening. It's a combination of the everyman and the skeptic. It yes. just makes a good playoff. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. And it's something we all have to deal with from time to time. Just live and let live on that, I think. Exactly. <laughs> well, if you get into the more like Arthurian levels of things, you have things like Aragon, mm. which these sort of uh, Merlin, the television show. Oh my God, yeah. Um where it's that, like, it's a very dramatized form of magic, but in Merlin, the TV show, especially, mm-hmm. um, the base of witchcraft is really felt with the with the little, like, the words of power that they use mm-hmm. and, the, and the whole community of druids. Mm-hmm. It's that sort of fascinating thing. At this point, I think we're just listing things that we like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we are. No, but Merlin is actually a really interesting example, the TV series, because mm-hmm. it's effectively a new interpretation of classic Arthurian legend. And the Arthurian legend cycle already includes like six different main interpretations. So it's just like a modern, updated, like new Arthurian cycle. Mm -hmm. But I think that's the thing to keep in mind is, another thing to keep in mind is uh, you're going to have that crossover between fantasy and magical stuff magical realism magical realism and um don't worry too hard if it's real fantastical because it's also fiction mm-hmm. well yeah obviously mm-hmm. i i just think it's important that we continue to embrace the these types of stories whether they're you know whatever media it is in right like because, don't get too precious with yeah yeah <laughs> yeah don't get too precious with it but Enjoy it for what it is. But then we also do have to watch out for, for the critics and, and people who are trying to expunge these kinds of stories. Right, the book banners. The book right. banners, who, which is a very tiny minority. Yeah. Um, but yet they, they kind of take the fun out of some of it when they're, you know, 
trying to I don't think remove so. things. No. You put something on a banned book list, that just makes me want to read it. Well, that's yep. a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, I think with the don't get too, get, get too precious with it, just uh, remember that these are all fantastical interpretations, so don't mm-hmm. get offended exactly. if it's like, really off yes. the wall. This, this, is not, this is not someone's attempt to accurately represent no. the <laughs> modern witch community. Nope. It is a fantasy story that is taking witchcraft as like a trope mm-hmm. or, or a narrative device. Which has been done for generations and literally, millennia. Like I said, literally, <laughs> you go back to Greek theater. Yep. Like, we've been doing this for a thousand years. Yep. And um, there's nothing wrong with that. Exactly. Like, enjoy the witchy media out mm-hmm. there. Don't get precious with it. Don't get offended because someone, oh no, someone took my religion. Listen, <laughs> if I, as a Norse pagan, can just let go of... Uh, the American Gods interpretation and the Marvel movies mm-hmm. interpretation and a thousand like bad interpretations of Norse mythology, you can too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also, the Christians need to learn to do to do this. Good oh, Lord, yes. good Lord, <laughs> definitely. But yeah, like just don't get precious about it. Yeah, and have a good time. Like, uh, so Greg Bear has a series where um, I believe the first book of the series is Songs of Earth and Power. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the entire magic system is based off of music. Mm. Yeah. It's fascinating. I love it a lot. I was recently recommended a fantasy series based off of a necromancer that I have gotten a lot of recommendations for. It seems fun. I think either... uh, Is that the Gideon the Ninth? No. Okay, that's also good. But that's like space magic. Ah. Um, It was either Mercedes Lackey or Anne McCaffrey who had like a side series that was about bardic... Uh, magic. Oh yeah, yeah. But it, but the protagonist was like a modern day guy who played guitar. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's also again I can't remember the name of the series because it was just something recommended to me. But some magical system where there are people who have the power to pull things out of books mm. magically. But you know, use that cautiously. Right. Um, books plus, are a uniquely portable magic. <laughs> not, not ink heart, but it's the same. You knew I was thinking yes. uh-huh. and... Liter- Literally everyone <laughs> in the Discord got, oh, not ink heart. Okay. <laughs> so I have to I have to look it up. If I figure it out, I'll let y'all know. Yeah, put it in the Discord. <laughs> we'll put it in the Discord and the Facebook group. There's, an, there's an infinite number of books and media out there oh, yeah. that yeah. deal with magic and witchcraft and paganism. And let your kids read it, you know, get into it, have fun with it, read it with them. Mm-hmm. You know, and and yes, it's some of it has a kernel of truth, and then it just goes off and does its own thing, and that's a that's what art is. Right. Well, but something else that I think is interesting is like you can take this these magical systems, these fictional magical mm-hmm. systems, and pull interesting things out of them for use true, in your yeah. real practice. Well, that is very true. It's that you take the base and then run with it, and when you get somebody who's putting all of their creative thought into mm-hmm. how this might work, exactly. you're like, wait a second. Wait a second, no, I could d- do that? Could, could it work that <laughs> could way? Work? But could it, though? Like, obviously not with flashing lights, but could it work that way? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, it could be a source of inspiration. Mm-hmm. Plus, it's just, it's something else to get people educated Actually, about these things. Like, uh, Greek mythology has been one of my favorite subjects for a long, long, mm-hmm. long time. And the Percy Jackson series was part of what got me into mm-hmm. that. Uh, yeah, a lot of these things are gateways for people into, mm-hmm. like, further study. And, and now I work thing. with Dionysus. Uh-huh. <laughs> so here's uh, just a piece of fun trivia that sort of connects to this, like, you might be able to pull something useful out mm. um, that I just learned about. So in pottery, the, in some pottery traditions, um, I know they do it in Japan. I think they do it in some other parts of the world where pottery is a, like a major cultural export. Um, there's a tradition of things called kiln gods. Mm. So what they do, because so much in pottery depends on um, the kiln being kind and not shattering your pots. Mm-hmm. Um, the first thing that's fired in the kiln should be the kiln god. This is some kind of clay figure um, holding a pot. Um, it could look like anything as long as it is a clay figure holding a pot. And it's the first thing that's fired in the kiln. And if it fires correctly, it stays in the kiln ah. to watch over your pots. And you make offerings to and you pray to the kiln god. Oh, very cool. Who you've left in the kiln to hopefully um, protect your work in the kiln. 
And a lot, and so I was reading about this and there were a lot of people in the comments being like, yeah, we do this in my tradition. Yeah, this is how my pottery instructor taught me to handle a kiln. Um, and s some people being like, oh, I don't have my own kiln. So what I do is I make a kiln god for everything I have to put into our shared oh. kiln so that I have a new pottery god for every set. And so someone was saying, what I've seen a lot recently is that people are making their kiln god in the shape of Calcifer from Howl's Moving Castle. Oh, that's so smart. <laughs> yeah, because Calcifer is a little fire spirit in Howl's Moving Castle, which is a, an animated Ghibli film based on a book. And so, and it's a little friendly fire spirit. So people have started making their kiln gods in the shape of Calcifer. So like just these interconnections. Interconnections. That's cool. Yeah, and like if your favorite visual representation of a spirit or a deity mm -hmm. or whatnot happens to come out of media, that's okay. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and then those things, you know, become servitors or egregores, as we talked about recently mm -hmm. on, uh, or they become inspirited, mm -hmm. um, or they enter sort of the public consciousness and, or and they might, that spirit attaches to them or whatever. They might literally just be your like visual representation mm -hmm. in your own mind. Whenever I think of Loki, I think of MCU Loki, but mm -hmm. I'm not thinking of MCU Loki. That's just the face that pops up in my uh -huh. head. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that does actually track with me that sometimes, you know, characters you've you've read about them you've studied you know you've really gotten into their story mm -hmm. from some fictional novel mm -hmm. and you picture what they look like and if it is some kind of a spirit that you would work with mm -hmm. uh in your daily practice yeah absolutely that that image could pop up into your mind mm -hmm. and that just helps further bring a connection i'll say uh, for a person who's terrible at uh visualizing on my own mm -hmm. i pull a lot from media because mm -hmm. it yeah. makes more sense to me mm -hmm. all of my like visualizations for shielding come out of science fiction media because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that makes sense mm -hmm. yeah so i think we're done yeah uh -huh. i think so okay then you can find us on google at the number three pagans on a cat or the number three p-a-a-c uh, you can find us online at the number three paganzenacat.com where we have links to a variety of things, including a services page where Gwen and I sell tarot services mm -hmm. and a Patreon where you can support us and help us keep the lights on and the podcast running. Mm -hmm. And we don't have a link to Gwen's TikTok, but if you Google Gwen 3Pack, you will find her TikTok. Yes, you will. Um, and please visit me. Uh -huh. I have a lot of fun. <laughs> she does. She uses TikTok a lot. <laughs> Um, and I think that's everything, other than join us on our Discord and Facebook groups. Yes, absolutely. Oh, and if you are in the Facebook group, Facebook group or in the Discord, last week when we talked about Prometheus, yes. one of our listeners took up the challenge mm -hmm. to make a drawing of Prometheus bringing fire to humanity, and it's a beautiful yes, picture. It so is. it's shared both in the Facebook group and I shared it in the Oz Discord. In Oz and Lol. So go take a look. And then add your own contribution. Yes. Yeah, I guess that would be the gods love fan art. Have yeah, a good time. exactly. Go for it. <laughs> fan art, fan stories. Exactly. Go for it. Make make icons. Write new myths. Yes. Okay. So goodbye. Bye. Bye.